Walk in Your Excellence. I'm your host, Sean Larry, and thanks for listening to this week's episode of Walk in Your Excellence. I hope this episode finds you in good spiritual, emotional, and mental health. Um, but I know, I think it's obvious that this is quite a difficult time for all of us in the world, uh, particularly here in the U.S. Um, we are in the middle of our modern day civil rights movement. Um, and, you know, as I, as I sit and reflect and experience this yet again, um, it makes me think of, of growing up where I used to hear my grandmother talk about how gruesome the civil rights movement was from her in when she was in it, literally marching alongside some of the greatest human beings to ever live. Um, and to hear her as a child recount the stories told um, of her great grandma, of her mother, my great grandmother, um, living as a as a as a black family um, in in Charlotte, North Carolina, during the early 1900s, late 1800s, and um, growing up hearing those stories secondhand, you could never really fully understand like the magnitude of emotions um, of our people during those times. Uh, but now I I you know I sort of do right when I think of Amadou Diallo. Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, Philandro Castile, Eric Gardner, Tanisha Anderson, Tyree Crawford, uh, Alteria Woods, Pamela Turner, Tamir Rice, Walter Scott, William Chapman, uh, Billy Ray Davis, Joseph Mann, Freddie Gray, uh, Alton Sterling, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd. Those are just a few of thousands of black uh, people murdered at the hands of police. And uh, this is this is actually my first episode um, on Walking Your Excellence that I'm doing alone. It's just me, um, a microphone and silence and my thoughts, uh, my pain, my sadness, um, just me sharing a couple of, of words uh, and thoughts that have been on my mind. This movement didn't start two years ago, uh, two weeks ago, right? Um, for hundreds and hundreds of years, we have watched our people beat, beaten, broken, torn to pieces, communities ravaged, um, formal and informal structures that have prevented us from being equal citizens in a country that was built on the back of our ancestors. Um, the, there's power in a movement. I've said that in a, a couple episodes. I forget which guest. And and for and for decades, particularly our our youth, um, and and us millennials, the the future leaders of of America and the current leaders of America have been organizing to make change. And and now there's no better time than now uh, to be an educator, particularly in this space. Um, and an educator, not just in the traditional sense, right? We must educate ourselves and, and, and others on the best ways to bring our people together in order to move our nation and our world forward. Uh, over the last 13 weeks, we have watched, we have protested, we have marched, we have cried, <laughs> we've tried to laugh, we've tried to heal. <laughs> Watching Erica Badu and Jill Scott, which is dope, seeing Black Girl Magic in such a beautiful way, and watching Fred Hammond and and the comedy of Kirk Franklin, um, that all that provided us with some spiritual refuge during a time when we were seeking healing, uh, and we still are, but we are grateful for those micro moments in which we can step back and 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 enjoy some of the excellence that Black Blackness is. Um, we have watched Sean King, Al Sharpton. Um, Beyonce, Mark Lamont Hill, Tamika Mallory, Dorit McKesson. We watched so many people 
um, uh, people who have influenced the culture, people who are leading the the charge, share their thoughts and opinions via social media and and and, uh, and other outlets. And we have uh, we've tuned into the Griot BT essence to gather latest news for our people and to see our people celebrated and highlighted during this time. And on the flip side, we've also seen police gassing, beating, and aggressively handling protesters. Uh, we've seen looting across cities. We've had we've had curfews imposed in our neighborhoods. We have seen communities come to 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 peacefully protest, and and we've seen purposefully we've seen purposefully people come to incite the police at these protests, disguised as fighters for the cause, under the hashtag Black Lives Matter, but are um, secretly trying to dismantle what we are trying to build up. And so many people have been asking me, you know, I'm getting a lot of text messages, a lot of <laughs> social media messages and, and, and people checking in. And how do you feel? How do you, Sean, how are you? How do you feel? Um, and I think that question's obvious, but to, but to answer it on a more public space, I think, um, I, I'm not going to lie, there are moments when I feel super inspired, right? I see protest. I see the news coverage. I, I stand alongside my, my own family and friends. Um, in in solidarity on this on the front lines and to be in my own city and to walk down the block where people are, pe- are peacefully making a statement is really powerful um and and I know that there are so many people fighting behind the scenes as well and I give you equal respect um, I am one of them uh, and then there are other times I feel defeated you know defeated that the work that we have done as black people in this country have been putting that that we've been putting in for centuries just doesn't seem to have the impact that we want it to have. Defeated that our own people are attacking our own people, you know, just because they have different perspectives or viewpoints about how we should or should not be taking a stand during this time. I feel defeated. And and sadly, there are so many people out there that are misinformed and spreading incorrect knowledge. And that's, that defeats me when I see it. I'm defeated that our students across the country aren't in in the physical, traditional brick-and-mortar school setting where we can have more control over the narrative of what's happening and give them a hug and support them in, in, in learning in a meaningful way. And so I go through this emotional roller coaster of how I feel. Um, some days praying and, and believing that nothing is impossible until it's done and then thinking, damn, well, is this impossible? Over the past uh, over the past thirteen weeks, uh, you know, also we were COVID nineteen took the world by storm. But specifically, specifically for our community, you know, Black and Brown communities, we have been hit the hardest. We represent only twelve percent of the of the population in the United States, and yet well over half of COVID deaths have been our people. And so I, that makes me think of like my own family. I come from a huge family, and like what what will we have done? growing up during this pandemic. I mean, I'm one of a bunch of brothers and sisters raised by my grandmother. And at any point in our house, we had uh, aunts and uncles and cousins and uh, friends living in the same two-bedroom inner-city apartment. And God forbid someone had gotten COVID. Guess what? Like, we all had COVID. <laughs> you know, it, it, I say that with sadness. Um, I say that with sadness because I know that so many people are still uh, living in that situation. And it feels like our people are becoming, one would dare to say, already are an endangered species. Um, So today I I launch an episode in the middle of what is a very difficult time for all of us. 
um, a very, very difficult time for me. Um, for eight minutes and 46 seconds, we watched a public murder. And sadly, sadly for, for me, this isn't the first time I've had to experience that specifically on a personal note. Um, you know, just last month, I would have been celebrating the 31st birthday of my little brother. Um, but two years ago, I had to walk, I, I literally had to walk into the local bodegas where I grew up and beg the store owners for the video footage of what happened the night of my little brother's murder um, and had to watch over and over and over um, seeing my brother murdered in cold blood, shot as he ran for his life and left in the street for 12 minutes on a cold winter night uh, right before Christmas. And so while that that compare, that does not compare to a public video being posted, but for me specifically, it does trigger a set of emotions that sometimes feel unbearable um, and that pain, that pain can, can take you over at times. Um, and so I, I just want to share with you guys what I think we, what I think we do need and what we don't need during this time. And I shared some of these thoughts with my own staff who is dealing with this obviously more internally and how we educate students during this time. But for all those out there, uh, and people may or may not agree with, with some of the things I'm going to say, and that's okay. Right. But what I believe we don't need is an internal race war within our own organizations that we work. Right. Granted, you know, I <laughs> I posted on Instagram the other day that like we that, you know, our our businesses, our companies that we work for are always reparations. Right. And I and, and I do believe that. Right. And, and 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 granted, I work in a field of education. I work in an environment where there are white architects of black education. <laughs> Uh, yet I still realize that my job in this organization, um, in any organization and in any space, is to challenge, to educate, to support, to dismantle, to yell when I need to, to stand firm in my values. Um, and, and unfortunately, as I listen to friends and, and, and colleagues um, and sit in organizational spaces across fields, the social unrest that has pushed people uh, in organizations to immediate, this has pushed people to immediately distrust others. And people have forgotten to assume the best about people and their intentions. Uh, and I know that is very difficult, but I'm specifically speaking for the people who you work with, who you may or may not have had good or bad times with. Uh, and that relationship, you know, will, will remain what it is that you wanted to remain. Um, but for me specifically, I've seen in my organization that the same people who, you know, I worked alongside for years, you know, I'm looking at them a little sideways and I have to check myself um, and, and I need to push I need to push myself to see the, the higher the higher self of that person and assume the best. What we don't need during this time is more confusion and anxiety. That is annoying me. The confusion, the lack of information that's being circulated out there. You know, everyone is trying to make sense of this time. And as leaders, one of the things that we 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 hold true to is trying to make sense for others. There, there is confusion and anxiety being perpetuated through the media, y'all, if you have not seen it. Um, there's misinformation everywhere. And it's being, it's being put out in mass circulation. False advertisement, fake news left and right. We we don't need that during this time. And so I urge you to pay very close attention to the things that you consume and what you put back out. Um, we need we don't what we don't need is unfair judgment. Right. 
And while I know that's difficult for some people to think about, placing unfair judgment on people is exactly what got us to this place hundreds of years ago, and it will keep us there. A lot of people are talking about, you know, white silence is violence. And, you know, I have have very strong opinions uh, uh, about that. And I do believe everyone should be speaking out in their own way. Um, but what I don't, what I don't think we need in this time is pushing people to speak up in a, at a in a way that is unproductive, and 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 un- unauthentic to who they are. I don't think that's going to move our 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 people forward. This is not going to move the movement forward. You know, if you never posted a single Instagram story ever in your life, and all of a sudden you are sitting in bed reposting random stuff that you see on Instagram, I don't think that's authentic. I don't think that's I don't think that's productive for you. Are you simply, are you blindly reposting? Are you actually digesting the information? Are you even looking to see if it's the right information that needs to be circulated? I just talked about the, um, the, the circulation of, 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 of fakeness. Um, I don't want anything that's genuine. I don't think we need it. That's, that's disgenuine, excuse me, and I don't think we need it. And this goes for all people. People all of a sudden have started to move differently um, and, you know, be down for the cause. And the last thing I think that we don't need is a lack of a lack of empathy for another person's plight or another person's journey. And what we do need, what I think we do need, you know, what I need from you is <laughs> um, we need understanding, y'all. Um, we need to uh, meet people where they are and have empathy. We need um, knowledge. We need knowledge. Malcolm X coined the phrase knowledge is power. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite movies is House Party, too. And it just makes me think of Queen Latifah. Um, <laughs> you know, that 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 actually when I think about it was my first example, I think, you know, between Cosby show and um, seeing things like Living Single, a different world like that. Seeing that movie and seeing her, that character specifically was a it was an example of black excellence and what it means to be on a college campus and represent that in the in, in an authentic way uh, and in an unapolog- unapologetic way. And so knowledge is power. Get as much information as you possibly can about what's going on in your city, about what's going on in the world, about what's going on with the movement so that you can circulate and be um, a, a perpetuator of, of actual news. Um, we need, when I think about great people who have changed this world, we need more Aretha Franklins, right? People who are promoting a message like respect, you know, her, her number one hit single that that was a song that was played during the civil rights movement. It became one of the 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 main songs that were the drivers in communities. And, uh, you know, back in the 60s, when there was social racial unrest in her in her native um, Detroit, people were running through the streets, daring the cops to come near them while they shouted soccer to me. You know, one of the, the, the infamous, infamous line from that song. We need more Malcolm X's. Because he was the spark who sought to ignite equality by any means necessary. So we do need the radical advocacy that we are seeing on the news or in our streets. We need more Robert Abbott's who gave a voice to the voiceless. The founder of the Chicago Defender. And if you know your history, you know, without him, there would be no Jet Magazine. The magazine I grew up with, you know, cutting pictures out and gluing them to my, my wall. Um, for those who are old enough to remember Jet Magazine, and and there and there will be no Essence Magazine that is bringing such life to our community during these trying times. We need more Maya Angelou's to teach us about resilience. 
a woman who was raped by her mother's boyfriend at eight years old and decided that it, it, it decided not to speak, decided not to speak, decided that her voice was the thing that killed a man and ultimately became one of the greatest orators of our time. We need more Jean-Michel Basquiat's, right? Because without him, there would be no graffiti. My best friend uh, FaceTimed me, um, and he is in Minneapolis uh, where George Floyd was murdered. And, and just seeing the, the pictures, just seeing that beautiful mural, if you haven't yet, it is so bright and warm and loving and inviting. The artistic expression that is represented there and literally right across the street where I live, I'm looking at, you know, we, there was so much looting of last week that every store is boarded up. And I just see the graffiti that has come, the love that people are expressing. That is the artistic love that we need right now. We need more Shirley Chisholm's. You know, when thinking about how contentious things are uh, in Congress today, imagine being the sole black female Congresswoman 50 years ago at the height of the civil rights movement. You know, she was relentless in breaking down political barriers uh, with respect to both race and gender. Um, we need more pioneers. Guys, the struggle that we are in is a both and it is not an either or. We need disruptors on the ground and on the hill. Those that are, are in the city non-violently making a statement and those who have a seat at the table where power permeates and doesn't look like us. We need those people dismantling and shaking things up from the top down, as well as people marching on the ground. We need healers. We need both, both literally and figuratively, those who are on the front lines in hospitals supporting our beaten brothers and sisters who are at these protests and going into hospitals because of police brutality. And we, and we need the healers on the other side in our community. We need the pastors. We need the therapists to, to support our hearts and our souls we need storytellers, those who are reminding us that this country was built on our backs as slaves and that we have survived and thrives in more ways than any other community on this planet. And we will rise again. We need visionaries, those who are, are dreaming big, as Sean King said to my students during a virtual celebration last week. Uh, th those who are reimagining what the world look like. We need visionaries. We need builders, those who are literally rebuilding our broken cities that have been looted. Um, and we need the builders who are, if they are not giving you a seat at the table, you are building your own. We're building for each other. We need experimenters, those who are able to take risks. We need innovators and creators. We need educators. The question I have for, for everyone listening is, what side of history will you be on? When you are telling this story to your children and your grandchildren, what side of history will you be on? You know, I listed a couple of, 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 of things I thought we needed, and I, I fall into any one of those buckets at any given time as an educator, as a black man in America, as a black face who is navigating white spaces, as someone who can step outside his door and protest with his god sister in Harlem, I, 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 as someone who is building, as someone who is a creative, as someone who is putting out content, as someone who is a, a visionary and thinking of a bigger future and a better future, as someone who is a storyteller using my life and my identity to give hope and to inspire, 
What side of history will you be on? Now, whether you're black, white, yellow, green, or purple, I ask that you reflect. I am not forcing you to speak in a disingenuous way. I'm not judging you if you don't protest on the front line. But you have to define what role you play in this movement, and you have to get comfortable with whatever answer that is. What side of history will you be on? Were you the non-black person that felt pressure during this time to lead in, lead in an authentic way, in an unauthentic way, excuse me? Did you feel pressure to perform, to post or repost? Are you, are you sacrificing the things that you value to save face? Are you someone, are you someone that turns a blind eye to genderism, to, to classism, to, to colorism? Are you someone that allows discriminatory and degrading racist, sexist phrases to go unchecked in your workspaces, in your personal spaces? And to my black men, my heart is with you. I see my brother. I see my cousins. I see my uncles. I see my students. I see myself. And I will personally be holding black men to the highest bar. Are we supporting our black women who are standing beside us during this time and who are also experiencing this? Are we lifting them up? Are we saying Breonna Taylor's name? Are you being a positive role model for students if you are an educator, bringing your best self to every space that you possibly can at every single time that you see them? Are you respecting your black brothers who are gay, non-binary, gender, non-conforming, trans? What side of history will you be on? This is your host, Sean Larry. Until next time, define who you are, follow your passion, speak your truth, be unapologetically you, and always remember to walk in your excellence.